This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, good morning. How are you? Bokertov, I wanted to just give listeners some sort of a feeling as to what's really happening, um, let's say, on the home front, in the ordinary walks of life, rather than trying to focus too much on on the war effort, which, of course, we will talk about. Um, Schools are really not still back to full curriculum some schools are managing to um, learn in capsules. Some children are at school. Uh, others are learning on Zoom. They rotate it around in order to ensure that there is enough bomb shelter space at the school for all the pupils who happen to be there at that time, which means that there are certain limitations. Uh, certainly in the kindergartens, they're also still not back to full um, work. But it seems as if though restaurants and coffee shops and, and other places of business are opening up a little more. Um, it's noticeably quiet with the number of people who are away on reserve duty and busy with things related to the war. Certainly the work environment, a lot of people who are and not at the office are either working at home or are on duty somewhere else. Um, and there's some really heartwarming stories of people who are currently attending reserve duty who somehow managed to still keep their daily lives going and so many stories about people who had planned weddings and whose weddings had to be postponed due to the outbreak of the war due to the fact that the situation wasn't really conducive to having a wedding and because the couple involved in the wedding were called away to reserve Mm, duty mm. and there's so many wonderful stories of couples who've actually got married at the staging place where the soldiers, the reserve soldiers, are waiting to go and do whatever their duty is. And I can tell you one first-hand story that um, I was told of um, a base that has been set up in central Israel um, of a soldier who was called there who was due to have got married and whose wedding had been postponed. And then the soldiers, his colleagues, the soldiers at the base, decided to surprise him. They called his fiance and close family over to the staging area at the base. They set up chuppah, a traditional wedding canopy, and they married the couple right there at the Amazing. base, at Amazing. where the soldiers were around. They just married the couple, and they said, this is not the wedding that you had thought you were going to have, but at least you guys are married now just to try and move forward uh, with your lives, and you will have your celebration in due course, but at least for now the wedding is done and you are man and wife. Um, another story about a reservist by the name of Barak Faber, whose wife gave birth to their fourth child while he was on reserve duty. And some pictures of the Brit Milah, of the traditional circumcision, that took place in the staging area of the 23rd Reserve Battalion of the Alexandroni Brigade in the north. They brought the child and the mother over to the staging area, and they had the circumcision ceremony right there, and they named the child that named the child Ivri Chaim, 
which is such a pertinent name um, for this time. Obviously, Chai meaning life. Every uh, Hebrew, you could translate it um, into uh, being um, a name which really is connected with the situation. Um, I think, Howard, I sent you a clip of a bomb. Mm, it's for mm, that took place. Um, also, the staging area in the north. So people are somehow managing to keep life going, the traditional things that had been planned, even if they're not quite happening in the way that one had thought and planned. It's, I just keep thinking we're back to COVID. We're not, but we are. It's, it's, sort of. You know, it's, it's just life unusual and right. finding ways to grab moments of celebration, of simcha, of joy in a literally in a sea of anxiety and sadness. Correct. Absolutely right. I mean, I think that's a, the best way of describing it. It's not quite back to COVID, but it is no, get, obviously similar it's not, to COVID it's, in the respect that, yeah. in the respect that, yeah, we're just trying to keep things moving, trying to do the things that we would daily be accustomed to doing, the celebrations, the you know life rituals and things like that. We're just trying to keep all of that uh, on the road and. and these children who celebrate their bar mitzvahs or who are uh, given their traditional breast, the circumcision, or who are married under these very, mm. very uh, weird circumstances will certainly remember those for a very long time. Indeed. Right. Uh, how can we summarize the first week um, of the ground operation? So it's ongoing, still a lot of activity ongoing in the Gaza Strip. Our soldiers have to remain there. They continue to target leaders um, of Hamas. Yesterday we had uh, a number of uh, Gazan residents who are also citizens of foreign countries being allowed to leave the Rafah crossing through Egypt. That is something which is between Egypt and the authorities, the, Ham the Hamas authorities in Gaza. Israel, of course, in the background, making sure that, that all progresses smoothly. A lot of aid coming in through the Rafah crossing from Egypt to help um, those Gazans who need assistance, humanitarian aid. So there's quite a lot of activity happening at Rafah, but um, the idea of continue um, their attacks and quite a lot of video footage coming out of Gaza um, about the actions that are taking place there. As I reminded you yesterday, when you look at civilian areas that look like they've been absolutely devastated, remember what's going on under the ground. It's not just simply civilian devastation. This is really all about military infrastructure, and that's where our soldiers, our IDF, are very, very concentrated. Many, many members of families, parents, brothers and sisters concerned about their loved ones who they haven't, might not have heard from over the last week or so since the ground operations have taken place. Um, we unfortunately have also 16 IDF soldiers who have been killed in action over the last week. Um, quite a significant single event that involved uh, the Givati Brigade and a number of their soldiers were killed when um, a, a rocket-propelled grenade hit a vehicle that they were traveling in. It seems as if though there might have been some sort of a malfunction of the anti-missile system that that vehicle has, um, and unfortunately quite a number of the soldiers were killed in that incident. There is some investigation which is ongoing about that particular event, a very, very tragic story about a young soldier who was killed about seven years after his father was killed in a terror attack. I'm talking about Padaya Mark, his father, Mickey Mark, Rabbi Mickey Mark was killed in a terror attack some years ago, and he unfortunately fell in that Givati Brigade incident, which took the lives of, I think, 11 soldiers just in one incident. But 
on the whole, amazing bravery, amazing fortitude by our soldiers, by the members of our military, by those people who are supporting them. This is ongoing. It's not going to be a, a quick operation. It's going to take its time. And we need somehow to gather the strength required in order to be supported by those around us and to support others in order for us to be able to get through this because the weakening, the destruction of Hamas's terror capability in Gaza is an absolute basic requirement um, in order to be able to say that this operation and the loss of all of those lives has somehow been worth it, has somehow brought about something which is uh, which we can say has helped our security moving forward, that we will never again experience October the 7th, because Hamas are already coming out saying, we will repeat October the 7th as many times as we can. So in spite of all of the focus that was put on the events of that day and the disgusting and devastating behavior that took place and some of the criticism that was heaped upon Hamas uh, for those actions. They are now already at the stage where they're saying we'd like to do it again, apparently for them at least up until now. Um, they haven't suffered enough in terms of what the consequences have been after that event. Um, and we need to ensure that whatever we do now makes October the 7th something which will never, ever happen again. And in those terms, we simply have to somehow gather strength from places that we don't know we, we have in our systems and help each other and just get through this process mm -hmm. in order to allow our soldiers to do their job because they're doing a magnificent job on the uh, president spoke, uh, was it last evening or yesterday? What did he say and how was it received? Um, so the president made a very, very moving and heartfelt address to the nation on TV last night. He told the nation about the people that he has visited over the last few weeks, the mourning families who have suffered immense tragedy, those who have been released from Gaza. He managed to have the opportunity to speak to them. He's been around and he's been involved with the people of Israel um, in all of their forms, the, those who have sent family members to the front line, those who are on the front line. He's visited the front lines as well. And all he was trying to do was really just to explain that we somehow need to gather strength from each other in order to get through this. And, and what he said um, was quite interesting. He said that uh, the secret weapon is the people of Israel and the spirit that Israelis have. That was, you know, the, the term that he used for secret weapon. He says, you know, that he's seen an incredible spirit come out, people feeling proud of their nation, people coming out and doing everything that is possible and needed in order to support those people who are on the front line. And for him, our secret weapon is our nation and its spirit. And I actually agree with him because mm -hmm. when I witness the type of spirit that's been coming out over the last few weeks, unfortunately, it's had to come out in very, very negative uh, period of time. Um, and But the, the spirit that has really come out has been something amazing, and it does give a certain little secret weapon to how we're able to get through all of this. 
It's uh, yeah, absolutely incredible that uh, that uh, he's shown really amazing leadership over this uh, over this period. In fact, even before that, even during the the discord with government and uh, the judicial reform, I don't know if you remember the judicial reform issues, but uh, um, it seems like a, a completely another lifetime ago. But he really did step up then as well, and uh, in a very he very did. aggressive way. He, ha- mm. he has been very, very proactive in trying to heal the rifts within Israeli society to try and bring people together. Him and his wife, Michal, have both been very, very active. Um, let's not forget that his late father was also uh, a president of Israel. And before him, his late grandfather was the first chief rabbi of the state of Israel in 1948. So he comes from a family of people who have really given service to the state of Israel. And he has stepped up and he's been a lot more proactive than one might expect from a president who is really supposed to have an impartial point of view mm-hmm. as far as politics is concerned. I mean, it goes without saying that he comes from a political background, that he's a former leader of the Labour Party, that he was a former member of Knesset, so he clearly has a certain political stance. But once he's assumed the office of president, he's supposed to be um, apolitical. He's supposed to be um, a representative of all the people rather than taking a particular position. And so him having really adopted some proactive actions and, and brought people together in order to try and heal rifts, even though he was not particularly successful in the work that he did um, in the judicial reform. But right now, I think that the people of Israel are able to really come together and unite behind his leadership, because I think he's really the one who stood up more than anybody mm, else mm. to lead everybody through what is an immensely difficult period. Indeed. What is the latest in terms of international diplomacy? What is going on there? So a number of different things that are are quite interesting. The first of which is that Tony Blinken, the American Secretary of State, will be back in Israel tomorrow. Members of his office have been here also during the week. I'm talking to members of government, been discussing with also um, some of the leaders of of neighboring countries. But he himself, Tony Blinken, will be here tomorrow. Um, And we understand that it's really all about talking about how the humanitarian aid can reach uh, the Gazans. And in fact, um, I just read this morning that President Biden is potentially talking about a pause in the military activities. And the way that he describes the pause is not for humanitarian purposes, but in order to try to secure the release of the hostages. So he's trying to make the pause worthwhile for Israel, for Israelis to look at the pause in a positive sense, because it may well give some time to negotiate the release of the hostages. But I think the pause is really all about making sure that the humanitarian issues are taken care of in Gaza. So the American administration is very much involved, and of course Israel, um, it, it's important for Israel to have the American side on, on, in support of whatever Israel is doing uh, for many, many good reasons. In terms of other countries mm. around the world, Jordanian ba- ambassador to Israel has been withdrawn. Um, And the Jordanian government announced that the ambassador will remain out of Israel until at least after the war, whenever that might be. And in addition to that, the Israeli ambassador to Jordan has also been withdrawn. So things with Jordan on a slightly tenuous basis right now. Also, a number of South American countries, Chile and others, have withdrawn their ambassadors in the feeling um, that Israel has overstepped the mark and voicing their opposition. Things with Turkey are quite 
dire at the moment. Mm, the Turkish mm. ambassador has been withdrawn back to Turkey. Um, the president of Turkey, President Erdogan, has really come out very heavily critical with some extreme language about what what has got into Israel's head. What is Israel doing? What is this all about? Why is Israel not allowing the, the Gazan uh, uh, civilians to, um, to, to, to get out? Why are they attacking civilians? This is President Erdogan. The relations with Turkey have taken a significant nosedive over the course of the last week or two, and it's very, very difficult for us to really focus too much on that right now. Um, I guess we will get back to all of that, because as far as Turkey is concerned, um, first of all, let's be honest that a lot of the Hamas leadership were actually physically in Turkey when the attacks took place on October the 7th. So that's already a starting point where we're going to have to talk about what that means for our relationship with Turkey moving forward. But quite a lot of difficult territory right now in terms of international diplomatic relations. We do have the support, at least, of the Western European countries, but they are also sneaking towards saying, what about this humanitarian mm, issue? Mm. So I think that we've got a lot of navigation on the international diplomatic front to do, um, but that's kind of a job for another day, because right now the war rages and we have to take care of that first. Indeed, Anthony Reich, thank you. As always, that is where we leave it. Uh, wishing you a fantastic weekend, a Shabbat Shalom, and uh, a peaceful weekend, and we'll catch you on Monday. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Israel.